Welcome to the first episode of the Tashi Station X-Wing podcast, where we talk about X-Wing and sell power converters, but we are all out of power converters. Uh, with me today is our fellow hosts. Uh, hi, I'm Doug. I uh, did pretty well at a couple tournaments recently, and I guess that's why I'm here. Um, I'm Alex. Um, you probably know me from a sassy tweet about World 2018 to FFG. And I am Matt Newt, and I am trying my best. We are going to be here today talking about some X-Wing, uh, giving our input on things that are coming up soon, things that have happened, and uh, what we think about the game. One of the first things we've got coming up in the next week as we record this is some upcoming points changes. Uh, we all know that there are things that probably need to go up. There might be things that need to come down. We'll have new things coming out. Uh, we've all three gone and made our top 10 picks for what we think likely points changes are going to be. Uh, Doug, you want to start us off with what your top pick for a points change is going to be? Sure. All right. Uh, my number one pick is Shurtek. He needs to go up, up, up. He is uh, ridiculously cheap. Uh, I have him as going up by six. Uh, I think that's a pretty ballpark number. I could see a little lower or a little higher. Um, mostly he's just, he's way too cheap. Going up six points would put him at what? Uh, so I think he is 49 with Ensnare right now. Let me double check that. So that would make him 55. Uh, doo, 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 doo. Yeah, well, that'd be, yeah, that would be interesting, actually, because my first pick would be for Ensnare to go up. Uh, I think it should see an increase based on uh, initiative of the pilots. Uh, my just ballpark guess was 0236 for an increase there, which would yeah, make it rather expensive on Sunfock, but it should be. I just had Bump and Snare up 8 across the board. Press it out of the game. Now, that's interesting, because they haven't really priced anything to unusability yet, even with the triple upsilons change. Supernatural reflexes. It's, uh, there are still points for it, but... All right, uh, Alex, what was your number one pick? Well, um, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's, he's too cheap. He needs to go up. I put by six as I well. Agree. That puts a Delta B Obi-Wan at 72. It was a lot better than 66. That was in my list as well. It was a number one. Same here. I, I, I believe Obi-Wan Obi should go up by four points, but I could see as up to six. He's been very successful in a lot of lists. Force is an incredibly good mechanic for its cost right now. I think the big thing with Republic in general is everything in Republican list needs to go up because if you want to fit all the toys, you can't have a bid. And right yeah, now you can have all the toys and a deep bid. That is quite true. Uh, Hence, my... Republic. My pick also was for the, uh, along those lines, the generic Inquisitor uh, tie advanced uh, V1 to go up by two points. Uh, I had that exact later down on my list as well. I did, but then I forgot in between the two times I made my list, and I replaced it with Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, right now, that little generic Inquisitor at I3 is probably one of the most efficient ships in the game. Incredibly hard to hit if you uh, want to spend the extra little points and put supernatural reflexes on him. Uh, that makes yeah. him a tanky, tanky little ship. I chose the Inquisitors, but I think there is an argument to be made that Jendon should go up instead. Um, like you don't see very many successful lists without Jendon in Inquisitor lists. Uh, and it's mostly just to make their offense actually reliable instead of hitting like wet noodles. Yeah, like regardless of Jendon, they are tanky above their weight class. I would agree. But with without Jendon, they don't put out any damage whatsoever, and that might be enough to make them tanky but noodles and that and might be enough to make them bounced without having to adjust their points i could see it going either way yeah Jendon also can make other lists uh, fire on all cylinders like alpha strike lists things like Indeed. that um, i'm not opposed to either of them individually going up i think nerfing both is probably a little bit overkill fair fair doug what else did you have on your list uh well my number two is in the similar vein as number one instead of doing ensnare the two specific problem children. So Sunfock was the next. Uh, I only had him going up by three, and that's uh, specifically because the list that I used to good success does no longer fits. Um, and he hasn't been particularly popular outside of that. There's the Sunny and Share list, um, which is a pretty nice edge list as is. 
as a deep in. Like, the points yeah. change isn't going to affect that list super hard. Right, yeah, if you want to run that list, you're still going to run it. It's not going to go up 19. So... Yeah, the, the bid on that is just simply ridiculous. And with the current points being what they are, and Snare Sunfuck and Snare Chertek, and the standard Heavy Grievous is just a headache to see across the field. It's by no means an unbeatable list, but it is very, very good, and I think it'll continue to be so. If the person playing it is perfect. Yeah, it's, I, it definitely I, is. It's a list that, that struggles when you make mistakes really hard. Okay. Alex, what else did you have on your list? I'm going to go up with my hottest take now, because this one's pretty spicy. I have the Gold Squadron Trooper Torrent going up one point. I hate you and everything you stand for. That's reasonable. <laughs> so I guess yeah. the... I don't know that I disagree or agree, but I guess the comparison would be, how do you compare a TIFO to a Torrent? Because the I-1 TIFOs are currently 26. Indeed. Um, my biggest thing is not even a cross-faction comparison to a different ship. It's how easy it is to list build with Republic. Yeah. By bumping the, the lowest level torn up by one, perhaps you have to make more meaningful decisions building a list instead of two of them as 50 points. That's, I think that's fair. I don't think you ever see any list that just throw one torrent in there as a filler. You'll see ships throw a list that'll throw one uh, you know, I-1 TIFO in there as filler, makes a good blocker, but I don't think there's any Republic list I've seen that just use a single gold no, squadron. They're, they're basically blocks of two for 50 points, is how Torrents are brought. And if that block of two is 52, it probably makes building lists a little more difficult, and that's something Republic needs, because their list building is so easy. I don't necessarily disagree, although it does kind of get into the same problem of bumping up Vultures, where if you're only bringing them in multitudes, bumping them up by one is actually exponentially bumping them up. Um, I think 25 to 26 is fine for Torrance, but it is something to look at. Yeah, I, I say I'm going up by 1 to 26. There are, there are a lot of lists that use four or more Torrance, and that would hit them harder, but there are just as many successful lists that uh, fly only a pair of Torrance. Uh, you know, Alex, you and I took it to pretty good success at Warfare Weekend. Indeed. Um, okay. But like in, like, really only the Sinker Swarm I can think of uses it with four. I don't think there are many lists that use more than four Torrance. Um, right. Besides variations on the Sinker Swarm. Bad lists I've made for Casual Knights. That's about it. That um, eight torrents would no longer exist, so sorry, yeah. everyone. Um. <laughs> I, and I, I can't find fault with that. If there's going to be an eight-ship list out there, I think it should be TIE Fighters. Or droids. Uh, I, I think it should be droids, yeah. Or seven I droids think. in SureTech, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, SureTech's pretty good. Indeed. Uh, well, Matt, what did go, you have for another go, one of your... Going the other way for an inexpensive ship that I feel uh, punches above its points, I think uh, Finn in the Resistance Transport Pod should go up by two points. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I uh, think his, I agree. his ability to modify dice, even with the changes to strain, no longer giving him the free defensive focus, I think that uh, that ability he has really makes the little tiny pod... Uh, tiny bit tankier and a more consistent hitter. If you want to throw some extra points on him, he can actually be a linchpin of a list. Well, not necessarily a linchpin, but an integral part of a list. But as it is for simply 30 points by slapping heroic on him, that's really, really good value. I so a lot of the factions is... have these 30-point um, pseudo three-attack dice ships. The Rebels have Blount, Imperials have Wampa, Scum has a Hav. Um, Finn is by far the best of them, so I agree. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Like, I think two actually might be underselling how good he is. Uh, the the quote-unquote nerf to his strain ability isn't really a big deal unless you're being shot at more than once. Um, Absolutely, and, yeah. And, yeah, and, and you, points, you shouldn't use it more than once in a turn anyway because yeah. you should only have one focus with him unless you're going to put uh, uh, C-3PO or Perceptive Copilot on him, in which case you have a very different build with Finn. Yeah, I would agree that the fat fin got nerfed a little bit by that. But the 30-point fin is just disgustingly good for his points. Like, he's still the he's best, best 30-point in the game. part of the list, as opposed to just a filler. And uh, he should be paying the points to actually be the meaningful part of the list. I don't think I would complain if he went up by five. Probably not, no. That would seem a bit extreme, but they have shown that they're willing to, uh, if they see a problem, they're willing to price it into the stratosphere. Look at Gunnar Hahn. Yeah. Well, and 
I'm just thinking about it. If Finn is 35 points with heroic, are you are you not taking him? Because I think I'm taking still it. Still. Take him. No, that's that's still a good value for 35 points. I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. What All right else well, uh, next on my list, something that isn't uh, Anantex being nerfed. Uh, I have <laughs> Crackshot going up by one, but only if Predator goes down by one. And the reason I chose that is Crackshot is pretty easily the most autofill upgrade in the game. Uh, that isn't like a configuration or something like in terms of talents it's the most common one yeah it is and it is across the board the most popular upgrade in x-wing right now simply because of its one point cost yep and unless well, and you're high no sorry i say and it's mathematical like it is mathematically a phenomenal card yeah for one point like unless you can double reposition at high initiative predator is worse than crack shot because you're not going to trigger it enough and uh like, Soontir is the obvious choice there, but now Soontir has targeting computers, so he still takes Crackshot. Um, I have a I question for you, Doug. Sure. Why not race Crackshot even if Predator doesn't go down? Uh, I do think it's important to have a cheap, useful uh, talent, and I think, like, on your, your lower initiative uh, named pilots or your higher initiative generics, like, having that one-point talent is useful to just make them a little bit better. Uh, but Predator just adds a little bit to the offense, potentially, as opposed to forcing token spending and auto damage. I just think it's a healthier card to see more often. Oh, I, I agree. I just, I'm just i surprised that you want if Predator doesn't go to one, you want to keep Crackshot at one. That's what surprised yeah. me. I think I, I do think it's good to have a one-point talent that sees use. And marksmanship. I, yeah, you, there is marksmanship, but <laughs> it's good. I stole your bit, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and well, I have had many arguments about marksmanship, but I, I think you know again there are there are places for it, but there are very awesome. rare 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 cases where I would say, "Gosh, I have crack shot. I wish I had marksmanship here." I right. I can't even <laughs> come up with an edge case for that one. Yeah. Bosk. Okay. I guess the crit now becomes two hits. Yeah, maybe Merrick Steel. Although I think crack shot is better. Yeah. Right. Um, things like that. Either way, I I would not complain if Crackshot went up one and Predator didn't. It's just, for my list, I would like to see those two switch prices. Very fair. Cool. All right. Uh, Alex, what do you got on yours? I can keep going with Republic or I can switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> you just want the entire Republic, Republic faction down. to be more expensive. Burn I do. Down. It's too easy to list build with Republic. And this is from a guy who's played Republic... For most of my successes, um, like it's just too easy. And maybe just nerfing Obi Wan Kenobi is enough, but I doubt it because Plo Koon exists. Segway, Plo Koon should go up by four. All right, and I as we uh, as well, but... yeah, I I didn't have Plo going up because I forgot that Plo was an I five. The fact that he is uh, another cheap I five right now, three, three points cheaper than Obi Wan currently. And three points for the uh, that one force difference between the two of them, and I would I would probably put both of their piloting abilities at roughly equal utility. Uh, I think that we all agree Obi Wan needs to go up, but Obi Wan right now is so much more efficient than Plo. How much should Plo be going up by? Do you think? I said four. Four, four points. Four sounds I fair. I said six as well. I think the only reason you don't see Plo Koon as much is because Obi Wan exists. Like, yeah, like uh, if you make him you can too pay cheap, three then... points for that force. I'm sorry, yeah. Doug. No, you're fine. It's just, like I think if you make him too much cheaper, then you run into the same problem. It's just a two force Jedi instead of a three force. Which mm-hmm. is... you like Plo Koon is a uh, Delta B Plo is sixty three. That is the that is very similar to Luke, except that Luke costs a different amount of points. Give me one moment. He totally 62. prepared for X. Yeah, Luke is sixty two. Okay, so for one more point, you get Luke with double reposition. Yeah, seems good. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 I would pay so many points to let to let Luke take fine tune controls. All of them, Just every point. So many points, yeah. And Luke does have a better pilot ability than Plo. All right, I have a strong argument for you why Plo should Plo Koon should go up by six instead of four. All right, because then he'd cost sixty nine, which would be nice. That would be nice. Nice. All right. Well, con- continuing to pick on uh, the Republic, uh, I added one uh, called an audible and added one to my list here. The uh, C1-10P Chopper Astromech needs to go up by at least three points. I, I have them as well. Three three points going up as well. 
I think that, you know, again, much like the Nantex, when you have an unstoppable effect that can hit other ships, that needs to be pricey. I don't disagree. Uh, I could see the argument that if you bump up the problem Aether Sprites, it's probably good enough, because Chopper isn't particularly useful on non-Aether Sprites. This is still good, but he's not Chopper is a a pretty large NPC, though. I would agree, yeah. And that, that might be worth... Pricing just oh, just on the sake of, I will um, not complain if he goes up. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at other things you can put him on. Uh, putting him on an arc is just really not tenable because they're not maneuverable enough to ensure that he gets his ability off. And Anakin is the only Naboo I'd put him on. Right, and I was gonna say because of Anakin's maneuverability, the Naboos always want to go fast to make use of their chassis ability. And that's not always the right call when you have to be close to someone with choppers. So I think that, you know, if we see all of the ether sprites go up, specifically the Jedi Knight being the best carrier for chopper right now, uh, I could see him going up maybe by, you know, two points or so, but I think an even 10 points for chopper regardless is a fair cost. I do have a spicy story about Chopper Astromech on Plo Koon. At Crossroads, I had a Rick Ali. It's like five straight into a group of five SFs. You know, classic Rick Ali. I'm like, I've got my focus, my evade. I went faster. Plo Chopper took the evade, and he yeeted it on over to Rick. So Rick had two evades focus, and he went faster. So Rick took no damage. Like, Plo Chopper, being able to pass that evade is a pretty solid and not something people consider very often. No, because most people only look at the erratic side of Chopper. Well, that and they only think of the orange token side of Flo's ability. <laughs> it was a double whammy. All right. If you will. All right, what so else my, uh, my next thing on the list is definitely not Republic Force users, because it's Imperial Force users. And that is, uh, let's start with Vader. I said Vader up by four. I said Vader uh, up by four as well. Yeah. Oh, I see. I will actually hot disagree there, because... Vader at his original cost saw very little play. It wasn't until they dropped him down. I could see an increase by with for Vader, but four points when he is the linchpin of the Imperial faction. That's the thing. Is he's uh, the so linchpin my counter argument is that when Vader was seventy points and not seen very often, it was a three faction game. We had four point Han Gunner. We had like forty four point Redline. Uh, seventy five point Boba Fett. Yeah, twenty eight point Quad Jumpers. Like it was. I think. Basing him not being very good at 70 in that meta is not an accurate representation of how good he would be now. All right, so what are your standard upgrades on Vader? Uh, either fire control or passive sensors. Uh, I think and Afterburners at, is Afterburners? the auto Afterburners is number one. Afterburners yeah. is number one. So you're looking at at least a, 60, a 76, if not a 78, 79 point So if Vader. he went up by four, he'd be 77 with Afterburners. Okay. Perfect. So 77 with Afterburners. Uh, compare him to... Say the current Delta Seven be uh, Anakin at eighty-eight points with R two. Well, that's there. with R two, yeah. But I mean, without R two, that puts you know Anakin and Vader on a you know, somewhat of a par. Okay, I can. I, I kind of like the uh, the symmetry there. That's. Yeah. I do think okay. Anakin should be a hair more, which he is. Yeah. Um, because Anakin's he in a better chassis. Yeah, but uh, but the third agility and uh, the the amount of damage that Vader consistently puts out. Like he's I mean, just too cheap, and and, and his ability, only, like he's, he's not the only problem in Empire. Like oh, straight up, there's at least seven more. <laughs> but like Vader is still quite possibly the best pilot in the game. Yeah, I, I would argue Obi Wan. I would argue Obi Wan as well, but uh, but he's definitely up there. <laughs> All right, and like think they think about naked Vader is cheaper than both Finn and Poe, neither of which have Force. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, what else was on your list there? Uh, well, if we keep going with Imperials, I have Suntir Fell going up by four as well. Same. Kill the bids. Yep. Uh, so Imperial- we had a discussion with this in our local group recently, and uh, A, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't love cross-faction comparisons, but Wedge is cheaper, or is more expensive than Suntir, and that seems ridiculous to me. That does seem ridiculous. Um, my other point is he is 53 right now. And if he were 60 points base, I'm pretty sure people who are good with Suntir would still take him in a heartbeat. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Suntir being the only double repositioner in the original three factions, well, not counting A-Wings, but 
but you know consistently being able to do that and having his ability for free mods that really he's the biggest thing about Cynthia for me right now is that he's so cheap you can just slap him into a list yeah at 57 to 60 it's a lot harder to just slap an i6 double reposition ace into a list for fun yeah okay oh it's he's he, he's so cheap that it doesn't even matter if you get him killed like he's yeah. cheap enough you can use him as bait yeah like and... he you're probably trading him for something that costs more than him yeah, that's not even talking about the top level players like Duncan, who his soon tier is nigh untouchable, and he can carry games by himself with soon tier. And he brings a, a, a ten to twenty point bid because of how cheap soon tier is, which he would do anyway. But he'd be cutting other stuff. I agree. Can't argue with that from that logic. So I'm going to go ahead and buck the trend here, and I'm going to name something I think needs to come down. Oh snap! Oh gosh. Uh, again, this is another uh, audible I called at the last minute. I think uh, Boba Fett and the Fire Spray needs to come down by three points. That I would, disagree, that... but I could be convinced. Okay. Your argument. argument thus. Uh, Boba Fett's currently 85 points. Dropping him down to 82 puts him at the exact same price point as his rival Han Solo. Not only is that a bit thematic, but they fill a lot of the same role in their faction. Han is your you know high initiative, uh, Lots of modified roles. He gets all the, the tricks that you can add on to him. There's a lot of different builds you can do with him. Boba Fett kind of fits the same role for the Scum Faction. Given the state of the Scum Faction, they need a little bit of a shot in the arm. Not much of one. I think they're fair and balanced where they are right now. But if they're going to get a bit of a nod to, if anything else, say, hey, we've done you dirty for the last couple you know, waves... Uh, I think that taking their flagship ship, Boba Fett, and putting him on an even par with Han at 82 points wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be out there. Uh, I personally, I so if he went down to 82, I don't think I would, but I would rather see some of his past popular upgrades come down a little bit instead. Like I would rather keep his base cost higher and then make like Han Gunner cheaper again, not. Four, but like maybe nine or ten. But four, please. Four. <laughs> uh, maybe Matt, make Marauder come down a couple of points, things like that. Um, maybe uh, I don't want to say Maul because four should never ever come down ever. But Maul is four more than fifth brother and seventh sister. Right, absolutely. Oh, Maul Maul crew is overpriced. No, the other two are underpriced. Significantly. I think, yeah. Okay, that well, means... <laughs> no argument there. But I think twelve points for Maul providing one force point and a very limited edge case ability that is strictly worse hate. Uh, it is worse hate. I'll give you that. Yeah, hate being three points on most ships you put it on. Uh, you shouldn't be putting hate on any ships, to be honest. That's a different, that's a different question. <laughs> right. But again, that, uh, you know, looking at those, and speaking of force users that are underpriced, I believe we all had uh, the fifth brother and seventh sister on our lists. Yeah. I left off seventh sister just for more space, but yes. <laughs> Yeah. No I, force I, I under them, 12. That's what I want. I have them as up 2 because I was trying to be realistic with what I think FFG would do, but if it were my world, it would be up 4. I have them up 3. I, I said up 2 as well, but I anywhere from 2 to 4 I think would be fair. They are auto-includes in a lot of lists. It's mm -hmm. you, you saw auto-include Vader crew back when Phantoms could take crew. Now that Phantoms have Gunner, Fifth Brother is almost an auto-include on them. Yeah. And he 100%. Feels, that's the only good thing about Fifth Brother Pilot, which we'll get to later, is that um, Fifth Brother Crew exists. <laughs> so you yes. can't bring both. If it's Empire and it has a gunner slot, you should slap Fifth Brother on it without a second thought. Like, that, yeah. Unless you have a second gunner slot, and then you got to consider which ship you want Fifth Brother to be on. Indeed. Or one of them is a bomber, and you're considering skilled bombardier for some reason. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, that's probably covered most everything. What do you have uh, left on your uh, list? What, what's your out there pick uh, that needs changing? Uh, I have Rick Ollie going up. Uh, it was more along the line of what Smittle was saying, that Republic is too easy to build with. Uh, I don't know that he actually needs to go up much. I have him up by four. That's probably too much. Um, but he's ridiculously cheap and almost impossible to kill. And I think making him cost more makes it a little harder to slip him into lists. And that's a good thing. Fair, fair. Uh, I thought that the, and this, I'm certainly not alone in this one, that the Trade Federation drones going up slightly with a concordant 
uh, decrease to the grappling struts because those those should be a zero point upgrade because that's kind of the vulture droids thing. It's what they I do. I love that. Yeah. And if you if you increase them by one or two points, then that wouldn't be broken at all. I think it would give more thematic flavor to the droids. I think it would make the game a lot simpler rather than a lot of these ships where, okay, three of my droids have discord missiles, three of them have grappling struts, and your opponent has to try and keep track of what's what. If you just accept that, hey, vulture droids can land on rocks, make it a zero-point configuration, and I'm fine with that. Oh, agreed, 100%. Totally I didn't prime my list because that was a game philosophy deal, and I didn't want to use up two points for or two spaces for it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I have two things left we didn't talk about. But since you reminded me about Han Solo, I deleted everything and just put Rebel Millennium Falcons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, one thing we didn't touch on at all was uh, regeneration. I have the R2 Astromech going up. Now, they've already 100%. made the change to increase the R2 Astromech, and we're still seeing it everywhere, especially on the Jedi. Yeah, and even like Wedge and Luke are bringing it. Like, when I played Will Barnacle at Warfare, he had regen on both of them. Like, didn't phase him at all. Still, so I think this is cheap. This is another case of it originally was a little bit more expensive than it is now for taken, but that was a three faction meta with a lot of blatantly undercosted things. And now that we have things like Jedi, and uh, they're going, it's agility based, which I personally think initiative based pricing would be better. But if they keep with agility based, it's pretty cheap on X Wings, and it should, it just needs to go up. It's X Wings and Naboo's, like Naboo's, yeah. Right. Now, the the initiative-based pricing makes so much more sense because if you are activating last, you have perfect information before you can decide whether or not you're going to take that weapons disabled and not shoot the turn. If it was, for example, if they had just, and this is throwing a design thing out there, if they had said that during the system phase, you could do the the region. You had to make that choice before everybody moved. Would that change how it should be costed? Uh, so my favorite change to regen, which this is all pretty theoretical because I, I don't think they're going to run out of cards for it when I think there's an appropriate price, price point. But uh, shout out to my father, Bob Howe, at, uh, in St. Louis. Uh, his idea was to have the shields regenerate to the R2 card instead of to your ship. Similar to uh, how the escape craft works for the correct. rest. Correct, and that way you, you can't regen above half points because your yeah. ship is still taking that damage. But you can now use those shields whenever you want. So that basically makes uh, regen droids kind of like, in their own way, a version of the gonk droid, where they keep the shield yeah. on that. Okay. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I think you still wouldn't be able to regen them unless you had already taken damage, so that you can't just instantly start with two more shields. Well, there's uh, the game rule that you can't increase your shield value above its starting value. Well, they're not, they're not in the yeah, pilot so they're, shields Yeah, they're on the R2. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, they, but you bring, super you, simply, you just say that, that if you are missing at least one shield, you may take a web disable to put a shield token on the R2 Astromech. The R the R2 Astromech shield tokens on the R2 Astromech card may be spent to block damage as opposed to the pilot. Yeah. That that'd be an interesting way. I mean they could they could decide to change that by pricing the R2 out of out of playable range and bringing in this new fixed version. Yeah. That's that's an option they could have. Uh what what else did you have left, uh, Doug? Um I think we got everything on my list. I have one thing left. Matt, do you have anything left? Nope, I'm I'm good to go. What do you have, Alex? Sense. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, sense. Open sense up just by one. Just put it back where it was. Um, again, when sense wasn't used, it was a three-faction meta with very few Force users. Now, Force users are literally everywhere. And you don't see a triple Jedi list without sense. And, again, let's make the triple Jedi list a little more new. Can't argue with that. All right. Well, we have gone through uh, the points changes that we would like to see. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll you know, shake up the meta a bit. I think we've got uh, a lot coming up that's going to be affected by it. Some lists will obviously be priced out of the meta. Some new ones might arise, depending on if things get made cheaper. Uh, but one of the things that we are also going to see in the upcoming weeks is some new pilots. Uh, FFG has previewed some things from the Hot Shots and Aces pack, and uh, we're just going to go over a few of those. Not going to just read everything right off the phone book, but uh, I think we can each uh, maybe pick one or two of the favorite ones that we've seen out there and discuss them a bit. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. What's uh, 
one of the new pilots that's been previewed that's caught your eye? Well, you know, I'm a scum player at heart. So I'm going to jump to scum. And something that I think is crazy to like, but I super do, is Nomlum and the Jumpmaster. But Alex, Jumpmasters are bad. That's what I thought until I started playing Mana Room. And it's not awful. A solid 4 out of 10. It's surprisingly <laughs> not awful. I don't know if I call it good. But... I don't know if I call it good, but not awful. Yeah. Alright, so for the folks listening at home, what does Nom Lum do? Nom Lum reads, after you become the defender, if the attacker is not in your mobile arc, you must rotate your mobile arc indicator to a standard arc the attacker is in. And he is an Initiative 1 pilot, correct? Yep, on a large base ship with a reposition. Okay, now that is rotate the arc, not take the rotate action. So you can do it while you're stressed, and it does not stress you like the Jumpmaster's normal rotate does. You must do it even while stressed. <laughs> but yes, it, it is it the only Jumpmaster that can rotate its arc without stressing itself. Yeah. It what also a means fun con- if you're shot at multiple times, you have to rotate each time. He's freaking out. Like, yeah. he's That's on okay. the run. I get it. <laughs> but a so- fun... A fun that's... combo with him that FFG pointed out in the article is he combos really well with Dengar Gunner. Whereas after you defend, you may spend the charge to force the opponent to either discard a green token or take a damage or roll a die and take a damage. Uh, it's been a it's while. Roll Dengar. a die on the hit or crit, they either discard a green token or take a damage. Okay, so if you're getting shot, they're always going to be in your mobile arc then. They are indeed. All right, and so it was phenomenal that... blocker. Yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, large base I1, good blocker. Uh, definitely does not synchronize well with the uh, Punishing One title, but I don't nope. really see... <laughs> you know, that, that, <laughs> that's going to save you some points not having to staple that to him. Uh, I, yeah. I also really like him, and even if he had a blank pilot ability, because he's an I1 jump master, and I think the Contracted Scout is close to being usable as a blocker, and presumably he'll be cheaper because he's I1, uh, which brings him that much closer to just being a good blocker. And then his ability is bonus. And yeah, and one other thing about him is, even though it, it'll be a two die shot with probably not much in the way of, things, he will shoot every turn he's shot at. And that large base makes it really easy to get range one. It does, and like, I would I would bring triple zero on him, and Dengar probably leave him there. Expert handling, maybe depending on points and if he has talent. Yeah. But like, I'm actually pretty excited for old Nam Lum. All right. Weird to say. Weird to say. <laughs> What is this, 1.0? All right, Doug, uh, you had previously mentioned uh, the fifth brother as a pilot. Uh, Let's talk about him a little. All right. Uh, Yeah, so fifth brother is uh, has been making quite a splash on the Internet uh, because his ability works with missiles. Let me find the text so I can read it. Uh, I've got to pull that the fifth brother. Uh, while you perform an attack after the neutralize results step, if the attack hit, you may spend two force to add one crit result. Uh, so the in the article, they mentioned bringing it with homing missiles, uh, and the reason this works is uh, homing missiles state that the attack hits. So now instead of just doing the one damage, you add a crit, so it does hit crit, uh, which makes a homing missile an extremely strong choice on them. Uh, there's also an inter- interesting interaction with ion missiles, where after the attack hits, you cancel all results, or you don't, I'm sorry, all damage after the first is considered ion instead of damage. So fifth brother means you can add a crit to guarantee pushing through at least one ion. Um, Both of those seem like pretty strong interactions. Uh, Overall, we know the Inquisitor's chassis is a good ship. Uh, This one brings an extra force, which is strong, uh, which it makes it tanky. And if you can trigger his ability, he gets to do some fun shenanigans. One One other... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was saying that uh, one of the things that I like from a design standpoint is that while he does have two force, it ch- it takes both of them to use his ability, similar to how uh, the Seventh Sister also works. Yep. Palpatine's going to uh, be his boy. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. <laughs> one other fun misleading combo with is the Magpul's Warheads that'll be coming in the mm-hmm. Von Regs tie. Oh, boy. Because that'll be at two crits, a jam, and it depletes it. Yeah. With the attack uh, hits. Those are so going to have to be so expensive. Yeah. I think Fifth Brother will be pretty strong with munitions. Uh, he is I-4, which means you probably need Jendon in the list to really guarantee you get him off. He does have a system slot, though, so you could bring he passive sensors. Take passive sensors, that's true. Um, but because the, the attack does have to hit in order for you to add the crits, uh, I don't think the ability is as broken as a lot of people think it Indeed. will be. And he's um, going to require Palpatine, pretty much. Yeah, and... 
Yeah, if he's going to require Palpatine so you can keep the two Force. It's still only every other turn. And, uh, and there's just going to be a lot of times you're going to have to spend the Force on defense or to modify the, the dice. It's like, still better to live or have the attack hit at all than add the crit. Agreed. Yeah. So, I like him. Uh, I think he'll be pretty usable. I, I mean, points are obviously depending, but I don't think he'll break the game. Agreed. All right, well, one that I uh, was looking at that was featured on the stream that FFG had a while back was uh, Hollow, the uh, I-5 pilot in the new TIE BA Interceptor, who, uh, again, is Initiative 5 and has a really interesting pilot ability. At the start of the engagement phase, you must transfer one of your tokens to another friendly ship at range 0 to 2. There are so many good ways to use this ability, namely with the uh, fine-tuned thrusters uh, chassis ability of the ship, which states that after you fully execute a maneuver, if you're not depleted or strained, you may gain one deplete or strain token to perform a target lock or barrel roll action. Hollow can do that and then just pass off that deplete or strain to another ally at range 0 to 2 who may not be getting shot or may not have a shot that turn and basically have his... Uh, Free no consequences target lock or boost act or barrel roll action in there. That's really good. I agree. I think Holo is going to be pretty fantastic. Um, Agreed. And he can also pass focuses, evades, stress yeah. if he if he does a K turn or sloop or talent roll or whatever their dial has. I'm, well, one I'm one little... of the questions I had actually, and I'll have to look this up. If he is locked. Is that target lock token considered one of his tokens? I believe so. Oh, one of his tokens. I don't know. Right. So you may transfer one of your tokens. So yeah. if there's a lock on him, he transfer that to a friendly ship. I'm going to look real quick. Um, I, I do think Hollow also has a lot of strength as a potential Manaru type ship. Um, like the ability to pass focuses or evades or zero two is very strong. Um, Indeed, especially on a ship with that good of a dial that has the ability to position and take a token. Like you could just dedicated arc dodge with them, not care about the shots, take your deplete tokens, and then just be passing evades to Kylo or focuses to quick draw, so quick draw can focus target lock, things like that. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for both a support and aggressive uh, loadout with Hollow. All right. All right. Uh, Alex, what else has caught your eye from uh, what's been previewed? So this is a faction I don't play. I don't own, but ZZ Tolo. For the resistance. real strong. For resistance. Okay. She After she defends or performs an attack, she may spend one charge, which is recurring, to gain one focus or evade token. So she is the only resistance A-Wing, the only A-Wing at all besides... Jake, who has the um, even Jake can't do it to get focus and evade in the same turn. Yeah. Um, um, the only yeah. time her ability does not pay off if she's shooting without being shot or only getting shot once without also shooting. Which is a pretty rare circumstance. She's a resistance anyway. She should be shooting every turn. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's one of the few ships that can naturally on their own get two evades. Yeah, she can. Yeah, she can also get two evades as well. So then, really, that could make her close to invulnerable against lower initiative ships. Yeah, she's. I think she's going to be very strong, and will instead of tally again cost depending because tally is dirt cheap. And I do ZZ think is ZZ will not be more expensive. I'm sorry. I do think ZZ will be more expensive. Oh, hundred percent. She'll probably cost more than Lula. Uh, I I see too. a problem with that actually. I think she because... would be in between Lula and tally, but. The more expensive you make her with that ability to potentially double have double evade tokens, does that not possibly make her an endgame points fortress? I mean, the thing about the A Wings is they're they top out around forty five points anyway. Yeah. So like Lulu's only forty three, which is still nowhere near and very small points fortress. Yeah. I, I would guess she comes in around the forty forty one range. Sounds definitely but cool. I bet she becomes A-Wing number one. She knocks Tally off that A-Wing number one throw. Yeah. Uh, just to interject real quick, uh, it does look like locks are... Your, whoever takes the lock, it is their token. Okay, so Hollow can go ahead and shed target locks. No, cannot, no he cannot. Oh, cannot. oh they're yeah. not. Okay, yeah. so they're not. They are, they are the locker's token. Gotcha. Okay, so if he's locked, he stays locked. Yeah. Good, so... That... I'm not positive about that, but that's what it looks like. Okay. Well, that's definitely a... Uh... 
you know, or three. He's, come he's, up he's not omnipotent. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's high five on a ship that can double reposition or full mod. So he's going to yeah. be real good anyway. And then he has a phenomenal ability on top of it. Now, that's interesting because when you look at the regular TIE Interceptor, obviously soon here, incredibly powerful, I-5, double reposition, all that. But we don't see Turfineer as much. Well, soon here's I-6A. Uh, yeah. But, um, but Terror is only I-4. Um, that's probably the main thing. Four and five. There's a huge difference between them. Okay. So you think that I-5 there uh, is going to be enough to make him... You, the, the proof that you don't have to be I-6 to be an ace? Well, I think that's the strength of Holo's ability, is even whenever you're playing against fives at deeper bids or sixes, you can switch into a support role and still be really effective. That'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. Kylo still likes evades. <laughs> <laughs> and just by looking at, you know, what's been played at big tournaments, the First Order could use a shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. First Order yeah. is an interesting faction. Because they're yeah. really good at making the cut. Really bad at doing well in the cut. And an ace chassis is usually really good. Faction. Indeed. Aces are almost almost always a good choice for the cut. All right. Well, Matt, what's your number two? Uh, number two of the ones I've been looking at here. Uh, just... Wait, did we skip Doug? Either way. <laughs> well, this is why I'm not the host. <laughs> <laughs> looking at uh, another Imperial ship to follow Doug up there. Uh, Vagabond. The new I-2 striker pilot, our destitute demolitionist, whose ability reads, after you fully execute a maneuver using your adaptive ailerons, if you are not stressed, you may drop one device. Uh, given the similar wording for Page Tico crew, that when an ability says you can do this, you sh- you break the one bomb a, rule, uh, a turn rule, the fact that he could double prox mine or double proton bomb or combine the two... Uh, He's got a gunner slot, so you could put skilled bombardier on him. And that really just, unless you are intentionally blocking him, which as an I-2 striker, why would you? Uh, he's got a lot of options to put those bombs or mines really wherever he likes. Uh, I don't think it's going to be incredibly overpowered because of the fact that the striker does not have a reload action. And currently no way to gain one. But I think that that's going to be a really interesting trick. At I-2, you're going to get it... uh, He could theoretically be a bomb-based ace hunter. I can't decide if I love or hate this pilot. Uh, (laughs) I think he'll be really fun and not too powerful. Because he's in a striker chassis at I-2, it should be pretty easy to to destroy him. Like, just pop him off the board if you need to. Um, But he does create some interesting ace counterplay. I don't love it as a concept because uh, I really liked at the addition of or the induction of 2.0 that there was no way to drop bombs outside of the system phase, with the exception of genius. With the exception of genius, yeah, uh, which required a, a bit of investment and self damaging, and right. only bombs, not devices. Indeed. Um, yeah, the fact that he the fact that he does say devices, giving him access to dropping things like your Connor net and Rox mine. Uh, yeah. and the upcoming cluster mines. Yeah. That being be... said, we do have Eden Capel in the Resistance Bomber who hasn't done anything with the ability to drop mines out. And uh, while the Striker is way more maneuverable than Resistance Bomber, since this is restricted to only after ailerons, it is probably restricted enough that I won't have a problem with it. And I think it's just up being neat. You can just shoot him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that's a, that's a dumb thing to say for bounce reasons, because Sun Fox, just shoot him range, shoot a three. Yeah. But I two strikers are not difficult to destroy, no. and he has to get past you for his ability to mean something. Yeah, I have no illusions that he's a genre defining ship. But like he's, Doug said, he's neat though. Not necessarily good, but he's gonna be fun. That's kind of my brand. So I, 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 I like, like him a lot. I do like him. And, and if he comes in at thirty five, which is one point more than the, then a prox mine only makes him forty one, and that's like that's pretty reasonable. And even if he lives to drop both his prox mines, he's still a three-die gun afterwards. Yeah. Like, I think he'll be solid. All right. uh, Alex, what else did you have on your list? I think we skipped Doug's round, too. We did skip me. We did it. He he interjected with the target lock ruling. Of course. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go with uh, what I think will probably be the strongest thing to come out of high. And that is K2SO crew. Um, Which... Let me find the exact text for him. 
I've got him right up here. System phase. You may choose a friendly ship at range zero to three. That ship gains one calculate and one stress token. He also adds the white calculate and the white jam to your action bar. Um, so to start with his actual ability, uh, it essentially gives a friendly ship a red force, which is really strong. Uh, and because it's during the system phase, you can dial in blue maneuvers, Cassian pilot, uh, or one of the many other ways Rebels can get around action economy. Uh, and pass out free mods every turn is a, is a very, very strong ability. I just realized that, yeah, if you put him on Cassian in the U-Wing, you can hand off the Calculate and Stress and then immediately take the Stress away. Correct, Indeed. yeah, because he's System Phase and Cassian start of Activation. And AP5 combos as well. You can still yep. coordinate to that ship yep. before they clear their Stress, because maybe you haven't coordinated a ship with one or fewer Stress. Oh. I don't think there's any real way to abuse it right now, but in theory, could also, if you had like sense on a lower initiative thing, you could dial in a red maneuver and then sense to see whether you actually wanted to do it or not, and then stress them with the calculate and make them do a white two straight. Instead. It's Anyways. Ezra's time to shine. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not Ezra's time to shine. <laughs> uh, so I think the I think the ability in general makes him extremely powerful. Uh, but then yes. on top of that, you get a white jam, uh, and I think jam is. Probably a little on. undervalued, but yeah, it's starting to catch on. Um, and a white jam is, is just fantastic. Uh, we've talked about if you put this on Lando, who wants to do blue maneuvers anyway, then you give yourself a free calculate, you take a stress, you do a blue maneuver to clear it, you jam somebody for free, and then you take a target lock. And now you essentially have a fully modified attack on a tokenless ship. Hmm, gross. Yeah. Mop it up. Yeah, granted, yeah. that's going to be a 90-point ship, but... Yeah, but at that point, you toss Luke Gunner on him to have two force. <laughs> and yeah. boom. Like, oh yeah, phenomenal. And that, that Lando is a, he's a fully modified carry ship, though. Yeah. Yep. And you could also do things like put Millennium Falcon title on him and calculate and then take an evade. A very tanky ship. Uh, it's yeah. still a large base ship with boost. Like, I think that's going to be a pretty strong... Or you option. put him on AP5, and AP5 is passing out two actions every yep. turn. Yep. Yeah. So either way, I think K2SO crew is going to be really strong. Obviously, points are dependent. Um, I think he'll come out around nine or ten points. But if he comes out cheaper, I think he's definitely something you should look at. I yeah. was going to say ten to twelve, based on the fact that any of those. Well, just giving a white calculate isn't all that great, but giving a white jam action and his effectively free calculate. Now, not only that. If you read, a friendly ship at range 0 to 3, so that can mean the ship carrying him. Correct. As well as having a longer range than a standard coordinate. Mm -hmm. That's just, ah, that that could be, uh, even at 10 to 12 points, a faction auto-include almost. Yeah. He's on par it... with Han Gunner and Ahsoka Gunner. Probably, probably a little stronger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, I think, uh... 10 or 12 points is probably where we're going to see him come in at. I, I would like to see him uh, at, at at least double digits, because he's essentially a force, and no force 12 is my motto. <laughs> so he's on Definitely look at him. Agreed. All right. Well, looking at these, uh, what are our picks for what's going to be a potential dark horse coming out that no one's going to see coming out of this list? Uh, I think Kazuda is actually... The resistance fireball pilot they announced. Uh, he screams Rick Ollie to me. Like, he's on a bad chassis, so he should be pretty cheap. But for most of the game, especially against higher initiative ships, he's going to be a 3 3, which makes that chassis way better. It does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it turns out 3 3 is good on every chassis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so while you, def while you defend or perform a primary attack, if the enemy ship's initiative is higher than the number of damage cards you have, you may roll an additional attack die. So he does start with one damage card because of the weird ship chassis. Uh, so he will never be good against I-1s, but against like I-6s, he will always have his ability until he dies. Um, which is a, it's a neat concept, and I, I think he'll end up pretty pretty good. Yeah, he'll... He'll he'll be interesting to say the least. Now I was about to say that oh no, uh, damage cockpit turns off his ability, but we don't have that in two so he doesn't have to worry about that. Very true. 
Uh, one of the ones that I was looking at, and uh, you just mentioned Ms. Crew, is a K2SO as an I3 pilot in the U-Wing mm. with the ability of after you gain a stress token, gain a calculate token. Uh, Soon Tearfell's back, baby! <laughs> but much in the way that uh, he basically becomes a coordinating machine. There. Yeah, better than Forlom, he said. Yeah, and uh... Well... His calculate portion is better than Forlom. Right. The rest of Forlom is still better. <laughs> but specifically, uh, the pairing of K2 and Cassian in the U-Wings, where K2 can stop, get a free calculate, and have Cassian take away that stress on the next turn, kind of gives that, you know, not quite the inertial dampeners stay in one spot thing. Because so you put you... K2 in the corner. Yeah. And you put Cassian behind him, 140 into him, and boom, fortress it. But Definitely not. not K2's executing a maneuver every turn. Definitely Solved it. Come to me, Star Vipers. This is way more interactive than Star Vipers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so, God. I think the one way to look at it is K2 is better as an individual ship, and Cassian is probably better in a list. I would agree. Cassian helps everybody else out. K2 is better as an individual U-Wing pilot. Interesting. And still fills the same uh, I-3 spot. So do you think coming in, I will, I will have to guess he's going to be cheaper than Cassian. I Almost guess. certainly. Yeah, Almost calculate certainly. on the action bar is a discount. Yes. Um, and while his ability is good, it still means that he's going to be at a single calculate token because he's, he doesn't, his only red action is coordinate, which doesn't give him a token. Which is true. Uh, but you know, one of the things people always you know, kind of discount a little is that the U-Wing is a really, really good chassis. It is. And it I is. Think I think that we may uh, be surprised by seeing him fill some of that just uh, you know mid-tier brawler spot in a lot of lists. I will say from playing droids a lot that when you get up to three attack dice, calculate hurts. Like over focus. That, that double focus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so having calculate instead of focus will hurt a little bit. Um, but overall, I think he's going to be a pretty good pilot. And especially because he should be cheaper. He should, he should be, um, should be cheaper than Magva, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Although suddenly this gives me a sudden idea here. Let me look up something real quick. While you're doing that, talk about my dark horse. Uh, mine is Captain Phasma in the Thai SF. Um, her ability seems really solid on the surface. When you defend after the step, another friendly ship must suffer one hit or crit damage to cancel one magic result. A reverse bigs, she's passing out damage, but. More. Pairing her with Tavzin or Quick Draw. Um, start with Tavzin, because he's the most common FO thing in the world. Uh, Tavzin does really well until you get to the cut, where good players realize just don't shoot Tavzin. Now they're shooting Phasma, who's giving the damage to Tavzin anyway, so Tavzin's still getting his free action. Yeah. Same with Quick Draw and him getting an extra attack if she passes the damage to him. I think she also has the potential to be good a like four or five FO ship list. Where you just load her up. Yep. Yeah. Gunner her up. Yeah. Whereas and just if go you to did town that, with her. That with a different SF, they're just going to focus it down. Yeah. And... Where I think we're not going to necessarily see the Phasma Tabson combo is the fact that her ability is limited to range zero to one, and taking an SF, a very maneuverable ship, and leashing it to range one of an Upsilon, a brick, is possibly not the best strategic uh, choice. But, like you just mentioned, put her in the middle of a fanatical FO swarm, not too bad. Now, Think about my counter-argument to that is that the large base ship moves faster than the large base ship. So even so though she'll... she's way more maneuverable, Tabson can keep up with her pretty well. Indeed. Well, like, she'll be keeping uh, up with Tabson at the higher initiative. But, like, a Tabson 1 speed is an SF 3 speed. So, like, even though she's faster and more maneuverable, she's going to be range 1 of him a lot anyway. And uh, Tabson really only needs one approach anyway. <laughs> and, that is, yeah. and the big issue is when people deny shooting him and deny his actions on his one approach um, Phasma fixes that problem and then you're flanking with some kind of Kylo or Von Reg I think it'll actually be really solid okay uh, ready for my dark horse? what is it? Uh, I'm going to go with Bronith Blario the I2 which um, is good because I was going to challenge someone to convince me that that guy's not trash yeah, uh, I have heard a lot of people say they don't think pretty what whatever. I think in the context of five A-Wings, he's pretty good. Um, you end up with a lot of leftover tokens 
ships with five A-wings, and you end up, like, so the, the standard build is to put heroic and advanced optics on as many of them as possible. And then your only bad result is blank eye. And Ronith still gets two hits off blank eye. Uh, plus there's the advantage you can use it on defense, uh, which means if you know you're going to get focused with them, you can take an evade and then use buddies to modify your eye results. Um, I don't think he's going to be anything amazing, but I do think he's, he fits into the 5A wing list pretty well. Better and he'll Zari. probably be cheaper than uh, like Greer or Tally or especially Zari. Or Zari, I just yeah. I just realized he's an A wing with one sided network calculations effectively. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Like uh, the thing is, like A wings in general are pretty good, and this is just an A wing that has free mods sometimes. Yeah. Even if he never uses ability, he's still fine. Yep. yep. Okay. So situationally, situationally useful. I yeah. I think that's not. Uh... And I do think I would only take him in the five. Yeah. Like I don't think I take. He's him not like ZZ where. Like, I would bring her a lot. Mm-hmm. But if him. we're talking Dark Horses, I think this is still a pretty good pilot in the right circumstances. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, most people think are overrated, real quick. <sighs> Over- I've got mine. Yeah, all right, what do you I have? I know what Doug's is. Uh, mine's Gina Moonsong, the okay, high-five okay. B-Wing. Um, yeah, I love me some B-Wings, but I have to agree. Yeah, uh, so my biggest thing is that B-Wings don't scale with initiative nearly as well as other ships. Uh, like, obviously, being able to shoot first is still nice. Um, and having perfect information for your barrels is solid. But, um, I mean, we've seen how successful Braylon's been at a 4. And I-4 is arguably one of the least useful initiatives to have. You are neither an ace nor cheap enough. Like, you don't, you're, you're paying points for initiative, but you're not an ace. And um, you're too high initiative to be a blocker. Correct. And... Uh, for a B-Wing, going from 4 to 5 isn't that significant, in my opinion. Um, the ability is nice, but uh, you have to pass it to friendly ships, so it keeps her dial open, but it's not actually increasing action economy or anything. Um, overall, I think she's going to end up paying for the I-5, and it's... But maybe right. I've got mine. Alright, Alex, what's yours? Paige Tico. In the Star Fortress. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Not because her ability is bad, per se. Dropping multiple bombs is neat, especially she has the gutter slot for skilled bombardier, so she can carpet bomb in any of those positions. But she's I-5, so she's going to be taking... She's going to be paying a lot of points for I-5, and an ability that on paper seems really strong to... Um, on a ship chassis that's already probably overcosted and might not actually get touched in the points change. So I think she's just going to be too expensive to be worth it. I agree. Yeah, in, in a similar vein, uh, I am going to open myself up for some hate here and say Leia Organa in the... For the same reasons, you're going to see her at an I-5 with a Force, and that's going to have to come with a corresponding cost. And the more expensive you make a Falcon, it's still... Her ability is interesting. After a friendly ship fully executes a red maneuver, if it is at range 0 to 3, you may spend a force. If you do, that ship gains one focus token or recovers one force. So what this does is it lets her do red maneuvers and take a focus action in the place of a force. Not terrible, uh, but that's going to have to come with that cost. Uh, Even if it's only one force... You throw Luke on there, that's a two-force Falcon. That's pretty strong. Throw Luke and Kanan on there, and that's got to be, you know, ridiculous. Um, cost it. Yeah. Uh, because, it's expensive. And I don't uh, think that... I think that it's it's a solid... I mean, the Falcon's a great chassis. I-5, good, good place to be. But I think she's going to have to be costed into a spot where there won't be much good uh, use for her, I think. I think I agree. I mean, her her cost will, um, but if yeah, she's, she's more expensive than Han, I think Han's ability is similar to Force in that it's free mods, and he's an mm-hmm. initiative higher. And Lando gets you an I five Falcon that can support things better than she can because he can just do it way more often. Um, if she comes in like around Han's price, then I think if you see double Falcons, she'd probably be the second choice. Um. But otherwise, I, I, yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. Honestly, uh, in looking, at it, thinking that a uh, 
you know, Leia Lando two Falcon build wouldn't be bad. Leia Han yeah, wouldn't be bad either. Be bad. But I think that if they do like we've been talking about and increase the cost of force, that might be kind of the anchor around her neck. Uh, one can only one can only hope. Um, I, I want Leia as a character to be strong um, because she's an important character. Um, I really wish we'd gotten her in a, in a Rebel N1 release from the comics where she and the new Queen of Naboo Farman N1. But I have to stick to my guns and say no Falcon. So I'm fine <laughs> if she's unplayable. Uh, I do think that the Force argument is more applicable to ships than large base ones. Um, like Sith infiltrators aren't destroying anything. Asajj isn't tearing anything. Uh, the, Ray, the defensive implications of the yeah, Force are a big deal. Yeah, I think, That's why I think the three the agility Force is, ships. Agreed. And even the two agility maneuverable ones. Like, um, I don't think she needs to pay as big of a Force tax as things like Jedi. Um, but it's still a question. Like, I think Lando is not that much cheaper than Han for the same initiative, or for the same initiative as Leia. Take a look. Take a look here. Uh, uh, Lando was only two less than Han, and... and I think that's actually that's actually good because Lando's pseudo coordinate is oh, one of the most. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with his price. Oh no, we're just saying that to price Leia. She she fits in one in the middle there. So... Yeah, yeah, she should be equivalently priced. I fear she's going to be overpriced because of the force. I think Han needs to go up. That's a different story entirely. Um, I yeah, I, I can't believe Han's not more popular, but. Uh, I mean, Han's bad. Nobody play him. Yes, never <laughs> ever play Falcons. They're the worst ship in the game. Yeah. You'd be better off with Jumpmasters. Take Agreed. it from me. Agreed. And speaking of playing ships, uh, while these ships will be coming out, I believe the 17th is... Uh, no. Yeah, these aren't coming out till February. So Correct. They're coming we're out not, We're not going to see fun. these coming in uh, anytime soon to affect the tournament meta. Although the points change next week certainly will, uh, because we've got coming up uh, a number of tournaments coming in. They have announced uh, the new uh, kind of structure of things with store championships, prime championships, grands, and continentals. And those will all be extended format going forward with the system opens now using what is going to be a new hyperspace format that will hopefully also be uh, revealed in the next week or two. They said uh, it would come out with the points change. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they're, they're, it, doing a, they're doing a live uh, Twitch stream. And that'll be very interesting because when they did the stream for debuting the new ships, uh, they had the First Order ships and the Resistance ships, which were all the new ships, explaining that that would not be a hyperspace legal list. So Yeah, yeah that is interesting. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't think... I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work, uh, but I am absolutely interested to see how it pans out. The fact that it's only going to apply to system opens and certain store championships, It's they all said. of the first set of store champs and then... And it's, it's the store's choice afterwards. Yeah. Right, because it's going to be close to Worlds at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we do have coming up uh, pretty soon on that note, though, uh, when it comes to the Grand Championships, is the Las Vegas Open coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, I myself will actually be attending it. So for anybody listening to this, if you see me there, give me a shout out and a hi. Uh, Alex and Doug will be uh, watching, hopefully on stream. I guess. So. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, yep. we, we always are. We got a buddy who's going to do a watch party. The whole little yeah. event planned. So should be yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because this is going to be the first uh, large format event with a new points change. We're only going to have about two weeks to get. Uh, what could be a meta thrown into chaos. So I, uh, I predict some interesting things. Yeah. You're going to see, uh, I mean, my, my, my goal, my hope is to see nothing but a lot of just weird rogue lists and have no concept whatsoever of what I'm going to be facing across the table. So it's, it's going to be an interesting time Uh, leading into that though, locally here, we're going to have a bit of a practice coming up for it. Uh, in fact, uh, an event that you guys are going to be helping Marshall and T.O. Why don't you tell us a little about it? Uh, yeah, it's the the Missouri Chlorian. It's going to be our second one. Uh, it's a team tournament. We're doing a uh, Kansas-St. Louis versus Columbia statewide SmackDown. Uh, it's taking place in Columbia at their uh, their local shop. 
the Hall's Gate, which is yeah, a great, great location. Um, so it's a little bit different than most team tournaments. Uh, we have teams of, I think, 15 people is the cap. Uh, and it is standard Swiss, but you cannot be paired against somebody on your team. Um, we do that by running chess software that, where that's a lot more common. Um, but so it's it's pretty standard Swiss, uh, other than KC people can't fight other KC people. St. Louis can't fight other St. Louis, etc. Um, after that, uh, we do uh, team total accumulated points. Um, I think it's the top 10 people on a team add towards the score. And then the top two teams will do a three-man versus three-man uh, final, where the uh, losing team will place out their three lists, and then the... I'm sorry, I got that backwards. Second place team. Yeah, the second place team will place out their three lists, and then the first place team gets to pair their matchups that they want, but the second place team gets to veto one matchup, uh, so they can't be ridiculously hard countered for all three games. Um, overall, it's a really good time. We give away a ton of uh, random prize support. Uh, I know St. Louis and Kansas City's teams are full, but if you are in Missouri or even, you know, a close surrounding area and you want to come, uh, Columbia does still need a couple more uh, team members. Um, you can reach out to them in the Columbia X-Wing Facebook. Yeah, well. you can all, you could also reach out to to me, Bob Howe, my father, uh, and get you in contact with people. That's going to be interesting. Um, uh, you know, last year, uh, Kansas City did take the victory home, so I know St. Louis is really going to... Uh, this year, and of course, the folks out of Columbia and Mexico, Missouri, are not to be trifled with. So, it's a uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a real interesting, hopeful uh, preview of what I'm going to see in the next week, right afterwards at uh, LBO. Yeah, and, and you can watch it, is, it on it the Tashi Station X Twitch channel. Um, I'll be commentating the whole time. Wow, Doug will be coming in and out with me. Um, Doug and I are not playing, but yeah, I'll be commentating on our Twitch channel. We'll be running the whole tournament. So, uh, give us a watch. And, and to clarify, uh, it is January 18th. Yep, January 18th. Uh, we'll be kicking off around, I believe, 10 a.m. Central Time. Yeah, that sounds right. All right, and that's uh, Tashi Station X-Wing on Twitch. You can look us up there to find not only stream that, but occasional other uh, games we stream from our local game nights uh, or the wonderful apartment of Doug and Alex. So It's a duplex now. well i think we've covered quite a bit here uh points change new uh pilots coming up and uh the upcoming tournaments we've got hopefully uh we'll be keeping this rolling hopefully by the next time we get a podcast coming around we will have some power converters in stock so we can actually do some business so for uh doug howe for alex smittle i am matt newt and we'll have our power converters in next week see you then everybody bye guys bye